fantasy sports, news, analysis, and opinion. This is Key to the Game with Dex Dunford and Colby McKee. Welcome into episode 32 of Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 21st. Here, back in the studio, ready to talk week 16 in the NFL. A special slate of NFL games on this upcoming Christmas weekend. I'm Colby McKee across the glass. It's the Jolly Man. It's Dex Dunford. Dex, how we doing today? Are you calling me fat? No, I said you were a Jolly guy. Well, okay. Holly Jolly guy? Not saying you're fat. I mean, everybody says Santa's Jolly, and he's a fat fucking idiot, so. (laughs) Sorry, Santa. Some people really adore the man. Yeah, that's true. Call him a big fucking idiot? That's not nice. (laughs) Um, okay, if you well, saw what he brought me when I was in grade three, you'd think the same thing. So I guess you're not very jolly today then. No, I'm super jolly today. You're doing okay? Yeah. Well, we're glad to be back in the studio here with you this week. Like we mentioned, we got uh, week 16, we got games on Thursday night. We've got a full slate on Saturday night to look forward to, or Saturday, the whole day, excuse me. Uh, two games on Christmas Day, uh, and as well as the Monday Nighter. So there's football, plus all the college football games, which... Uh, you and I are in a side pool for. So there's tons of football all across the networks. If you're like if you're in the States, this is a prime football weekend. Yeah, or if you illegally stream Red Zone on your laptop like me, and me. then this is a fantastic weekend as well. I love football it. Football Saturday. Well, and I mean basketball Sunday too. I mean big basketball guy that I am. I'm so looking forward to Cavs Warriors on Sunday. Uh, Minnesota and OKC on Sunday. There's some great basketball matchups that I'm really looking forward to as well. But we will start with football this week. As always, we've got our Wednesday top five, uh, our top quarterback, our top running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense slash special teams, which are always so important uh, in your FanDuel lineup. So quarterback this week, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll give her a go. Okay, let's see what quarterback you like in this week. I'm going with Mr. Ugg Boots himself, Tom Brady. Tommy Boy. He's up against the Jets. They have a very bad pass defense. It's been exploited all season long by quarterbacks who are not nearly as good as Tom Brady. His price is a little bit of a turnoff on FanDuel, but it looks like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell have seen their prices drop, and they also don't have great matchups this week. So I don't know if paying up for the two biggest running backs this week will be a popular strategy. Might give you more money to spend on quarterback. Tom Brady has a lovely matchup coming up. And the Jets have actually a decent run defense. So, you know, Tom Brady might be forced to throw it, whether or not they they game plan that way. He might have to be throwing. Maybe they get into some third and long situations. And if you're looking to stack him, uh, Julian Edelman got a ton of looks this weekend. And uh, that could be a, a very good stack on Fandle if you're looking for Tom Brady and a partner to dance with. You just gave away my top wide receiver. So Sorry. thank you very much. You can uh, go into more detail. I didn't research that. Yeah, fine. I'll, just, I'll talk more targets and such. <laughs> but anyways, um, you did mention Lev Bell and David Johnson. Uh, Lev Bell being on the Sunday slate, that does take away from the main slate, which is true all Saturday. So that's off the table. And David Johnson is probably a big fade this week going up against Seattle. So you're right. Those two high-priced guys that we've talked about in past weeks um, don't necessarily have to be your top options this week. Um, so you can save a little bit of money at quarterback or for quarterback, excuse me, and go big time there. My quarterback this week, um, he's been, you know, he's been really good at home. 
Uh, but he's had a couple games where he's been a little bit disappointing in his matchups. But I like him this week. It's Drew Brees against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Um, not much to play for, those Saints do, but they can now play the role of spoiler potentially with Tampa Bay uh, in that wild card hunt as well. Breed, I mean, we talked about it. He's had a great uh, statistically at home over the past four years with a little bit of hiccups this season, and especially in some, some games that we thought he was going to go really off for. But he had a nice bounce back game last week with Brandon Cooks. I really like that matchup, and I'm thinking that price-wise for him, I think he's the second or third high-priced quarterback this week. I will bite the bullet. I'll pay up for Mr. Breeze this week. We've got a bit of a theme building here with our high-priced quarterbacks. Yes. Oh, well. The lower, I mean, I, I, I like Rivers. Uh, obviously going up against Cleveland, the only thing I worry about with that one is the weather and the game script of that one. Whether they're going to be passing a ton. I like Rivers. I don't know if I love Rivers there. I also have Luck down. I, do you like Luck a lot? I love Andrew Luck. Li- I like Locke, too. I don't like the quarterback opposite him very too much in David Carr. Or, sorry, Derek Carr, not not David. But um, Luck, I do like Luck a lot. And hopefully uh, him and T.Y. could definitely hook up a couple times after their disappointing game last week. Yeah, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that have decent matchups at all price levels. But, you know, the the ones that are priced very highly this week, I think, are very deserving of that price because... They kind of jump off the sheet at me as guys that have really good matchups, and I think that kind of shows in in both of our favorites. Which, by the way, we don't really discuss before the show. We like to be surprised about it. So, yeah. you know, one of us will usually maybe read off our list, and then the other guy will say, "Okay, we don't have any of the same guys," and then we come in and we read it. So it's we have a, like a natural discussion. It's so I'm glad yes to no. see that you also like you know, the pricier quarterback this week as well. Yeah, I got to pay up a little bit. Like you said, you can, this is one of the weeks where you can afford to, in my opinion, uh, because the running backs, which we'll get to now, um, you know, you might pay up for a Shady McCoy. He's definitely my, probably my number one overall, and he's the highest price, obviously, um, going up against Miami. I really like Shady, but the the secondary running back, um, we talked about last week, I mean, we had David Johnson and Lev Bell, but I, we, I also brought up, Different names on Saturday, like Ty Montgomery, who had a hell of a game, yep. and lower-priced guys that maybe you can fill out your roster a little bit better. I think this is one of those weeks where we can do that as well. For sure. And uh, one of the guys I'm looking at is kind of, you know, I put him in that second tier of running backs in terms of price on FanDuel, and that would be Jordan Howard. Okay. Uh, he's actually played fairly well the last couple weeks, and Washington is... Not a great run defense. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not very good. They're kind of just mediocre. Jonathan Stewart had a couple good games on there. We just saw, watched them on Monday night. Yep. Stewart had a, you know, a really good game, actually. And then that's the other thing, is they just played on Monday night, and they're on a short week, and they don't even get to play on Sunday. They're playing on Saturday. Really short week, yeah. So they're on a very short week after a tough game against Carolina. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Howard come out and, and run all over him. Um, you know, Chicago, they don't really have anything to play with for, you yep. know, a whole lot. They're kind of out of it. But they they are sort of playing for their jobs. They've got some young guys who unfortunately ended up on a pretty bad team this year, and I'm sure the team will want to make some changes. Um, obviously, at quarterback, you know they're they're wondering if they've already got the guy in the system, or do they need still, to go yeah. get somebody? Uh, so you know, there's still a lot to be decided in Chicago. Even if you're not going to the playoffs, I expect them to still be playing hard this week. They do have Jeffrey back uh, for the pass game. Excuse me. <clears throat> 
the uh, the pass game has definitely improved with Jeffrey there. He had a you know a really good game, eight for eighty nine and a touchdown. Uh, Meredith is there getting the red zone targets as well. So maybe the passing game you know kind of takes away a little bit of of Howard's productiveness. But I do like that pick. Uh, actually, you know, really good uh, in my opinion. Uh, my running back this week is a guy that. Obviously, for you, season-long owners, uh, you feel terrible. I feel terrible for you because you've had this guy on your roster probably all year, one of the disappointing backs of the year. But this is a week that you can safely put him in uh, for both of your season-long and your fan duel especially. It's Todd Gurley uh, of the Rams. You know, prime matchup. This is, if this is a chance, this is his only chance to get over 100 yards. It's crazy that he's not gotten over 100 yards in any game this season, Todd Gurley. It's just because he's in such a one-dimensional offense. I mean, he's really their only legitimate elite weapon. Right. Uh, Tavon Austin had a good season last year, but he's also, you know, he's not necessarily your typical pass threat. He's out of the backfield. He'll he'll run the sweep sometimes. Um yeah, so Tavon Austin, I mean, he sort of depends on the pass game getting going, but you don't really have anybody there. I mean, Kenny Britt's had a decent season, yep. but uh, yeah, I mean, if it's just like any offense. If you can't get both aspects of your offense going, then you really don't pose a lot of threat because the other team can just game plan for you. Now, unfortunately, San Francisco... They, they know game plan all they want, though. They know that the only weapon that the Rams have is Todd Gurley. And they can game plan all week, but their defense just is not good enough to stop him. So I like that pick. Yeah, I just I, I think at least 100 yards is in the picture for Gurley. He might, I don't know, he might get vultured for a touchdown. It's definitely been the theme of the past couple weeks with running backs. I know uh, DeMarco got vultured for two from Derrick Henry this past week, was one of the main ones. We that both, burned me pretty we, bad. And your season-long team burns you, which... Yeah. We didn't talk about that, but you are out of the finals. You're not. You didn't make it. Yeah, I lost by six points. One of those. One touchdowns. of those touchdowns would have changed everything. And I won the consolation side of of our pool. So now I have first overall pick heading into next year. So nice little uh, bright spot on my year. Uh, humble brag, but uh, yeah, Gurley yeah, humble is, is brag the, for coming in the bottom. Very well, but I I. Call you, it on. Okay, you're the best of the worst. I'm the best of the worst, and I, it came on at the right time, so I will take uh, credit for that. But yeah, that's my pick as my secondary back this week, alongside Shady. Uh, those are the two backs, in my opinion, I'm going to try to get in all of my lineups, um, and it might be a good choice for me. Moving on to wide receiver, this guy also burned me in my season long the last two weeks because he had turf toe, but it sounds like he's going to be back this week for a big game, and that's Julio Jones. They're up against Carolina. We just talked about it with Washington. They're on a short week. Obviously, Carolina's on a very short week as well. Uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I'm sure they'll be looking to put up some points. Uh, This is pretty much a must-win game. I mean, um, they're right there with Tampa Bay. Uh, They they need to keep winning games. They need to win out the rest of the season and and make sure that they they get those in the win column. So you're not going to see Matt Ryan taking it easy. You're not going to see Julio Jones taking it easy. They're going to be out there trying to win this game because they absolutely have to. So uh, I'm excited. Maybe Julio's going to be well-rested. I'm sure there's maybe a little soreness left in his toe, but... Uh, you know, he won't be nursing the same kind of injuries that some of the other guys will be after playing, you know, the last two weeks. So, And they're in Carolina, is that right? Yes. I think they're, yeah, I think that's Atlanta in Carolina there on Saturday. So, um, yeah, it's hard to argue with, with one of arguably the best wideouts in the game today in Julio. 
um, you got to rock him. You got to ride him, and you got to hopefully that he can uh, get back to top form. So I like that a bunch. Uh, you mentioned my wideout this week, which I mean that's okay because he's a he's a small dude, but he you know he works wonders in the flat, and that's Julian Edelman. Uh, you talked about the targets. He's got over 11 targets in the past five games. Um, he's doing some serious work. He had nice targets against a really good pass defense in Denver last week, put up some stats. The touchdowns are the lacking point. We've mentioned that on previous podcasts. It's so unfortunate that he cannot get the touchdown passes, but he's getting the catches. He's getting the yards uh, to be a nice wide out too this week. I like his price, um, and you're right. If you need a stack with Brady, uh, that's a great, great player to go with. Uh, Martellus Bennett has definitely not been that guy. Maybe go Chris Hogan if you want to save a bit of money. He's been, you know, kind of hit or miss. But Edelman's definitely the number one wide out, out in uh, in New England, excuse me. And I, I expect him to have a big game, so I like that a lot. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. The touchdowns, him not getting them is obviously hindering or lowering his ceiling. But he gets so many targets and so many catches, especially if you're in a PPR or a half PPR. Exactly. The number of targets and catches he gets almost makes up for a touchdown. That's almost like a touchdown on top of it. Um, there's a lot of guys who, you know, don't get a ton of targets, but they find their way into the end zone, so they make up for it that way. He's kind of working the other way. He gets so many targets that he, it doesn't matter so much that he doesn't get in the end zone. And that's why I really like him as a kind of a high floor guy. He's yes. a high floor very high ceiling because if he does break one or two of those for a touchdown, then we've really got a stew going. I mean, you're really cooking if you got Edelman and he breaks a touchdown. So Exactly. Tons of value. And I mentioned this just when I was doing my research uh, this afternoon. The wideouts I have listed here, I mean, I've got five on my list that I like, um, that I, I feel I can put safely into my cash lineups, and they're all at home. Surprisingly, I don't know if it, that's just kind of the way it works out, but I like Michael Thomas at home against Tampa Bay, a potential stack there with Breeze. I like Jordy Nelson at home against Minnesota, um, even going against Xavier Rhodes potentially. I, I like the, uh, the workload that Jordy Nelson gets. I like Brandon Cooks, maybe chasing a bit of points there, uh, the opposite side of the field there against Tampa Bay um, as well. And I like Hopkins. I liked, I liked what I saw out of Hopkins, surprisingly, with Tom Savage. Um, Tom Savage looked better in that, what was it, a half of football than Brock Osweiler did in 12, 13 games this season. He actually looked really good, was hitting uh, both Ryan Griffin, the tight end, and Hopkins for some catches, and looked really decent. So I like Hopkins this week uh, with Savage being the number one guy there in Houston uh, going up against Cincy. Yeah, they looked like a completely different offense different, as soon right. as they switched quarterbacks. Which unfortunately for Brock Osweiler means you're probably going to be holding the clipboard till the end of that contract, at least the guaranteed portion of it. The whole contract? I don't think so. I think why would you? Year, it, honestly, if they if they keep winning games, they're going to make the playoffs. And then what do you do? You, this is the same situation that Brock Osweiler was in last year, where he wasn't exactly inspiring the confidence of the the of coaches. Denver. And he ended up getting replaced uh, by Peyton Manning. And obviously we know how that ended. They, they won the Super Bowl with Osweiler sitting on the bench. So the same thing is sort of playing out this year where Osweiler, you know, hasn't really got the confidence of his coaching staff. And they're still in the thick of it. I mean, if they were out of it, they might still be playing Osweiler, let him try and figure it out, you know, in the garbage time point of the season. But they're still in it. And they've switched to Tom Savage and they're going with him this week. And if he wins this week... And they end up making the playoffs, and maybe they win a playoff game. Wow! I don't. 
how can you justify going back to Brock Osweiler? How can you justify that? Because he limped through the season with some very good weapons in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller had a good start to the season and is a very talented wide receiver. He's dropped and He's off, disappeared though. because yeah. Brock Osweiler can't get him the ball. I mean, I was watching the game when they put Tom Savage in, and Osweiler was overthrowing everything and just completely missing. Like, it wasn't even like, close. No. He wasn't getting he wasn't just missing their fingertips. He was overshooting them by a couple feet. And, and there was just no way anybody was going to bring down any of his passes. And they switched to Tom Savage and it was just like a light just clicked on in that entire offense's head collectively and they were a totally different team. Maybe they just simplified the playbook. I don't know like I don't know how, you know, in I mean Savage has been with uh Bill O'Brien's offense I think for at least 3 years now. So he's not a, you know, he's not a newbie per se. He's making his fourth appearance uh in the league there on Saturday. So he's new that way, but he's been a part of the offense. So maybe he knows the playbook and maybe he's just simplifying things and and not, you know, force. I don't know what it is. They threw the right. ball a lot though. He they did. threw the ball a lot when they put him in. Like over 30 times, yeah. And he was making all of the throws that he had to make and some of them weren't easy and and you know, even when he kind of missed a throw, it wasn't bad enough that it was uncatchable. Like I I remember one play where DeAndre Hopkins kind of had to slide and go down to to grab a ball before it hit the turf, but it was still close enough that DeAndre Hopkins, obviously he's incredibly talented. We saw that last season. DeAndre Hopkins was able to go down, get that ball, make the catch, and they got a first down out of it. Whereas if that was Brock Osweiler throwing that, DeAndre Hopkins could have laid out and tried to get that ball, but it would have been nowhere near him. So that, you know, even when he made a mistake, it wasn't as bad as when Brock Osweiler was just, you know, being Brock. Osweiler, or sorry, not Osweiler. Hopkins has the talent in himself to make average quarterbacks look good. We've seen that in previous years with, uh, was it Nick, not Nick Foles. It was Hoyer last year. Hoyer. Hoyer actually looked really good with, with Hopkins and made him actually, you know, look really decent. Um, and this is a very, very limited sample size. It's only, what, a half a football. But uh, Tom Savage did more for DeAndre Hopkins than Brock Osweiler has done this whole season. Um, and this was the type of Hopkins that even I expected when I drafted him so high uh, is, you know, a better quarterback to work with. But the, the fact that he's making Tom Savage look better than what Brock Osweiler did is definitely uh, an interesting storyline. So I like Hopkins this week, um, you know, short form. But, yeah, hopefully Tom Savage can, uh, can make him look good as well. So. Should we move on to tight end? Let's do some tight end. Okay, my worst, the worst position in football this year. Yeah, I, tight end's annoying every year. Um, but this one, he's got a questionable tag right now. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. It is the short week. That's Greg Olson. Okay. Um, that Atlanta Carolina game is one of the highest scoring games this week. So I always look at that as a game that I like to target players from. So any game that has a very high scoring Vegas line. Is, is a game that I want to be a part of in some way. Is it more than the Tampa and New Orleans game, by mm, chance? Uh, let me double check. I, mean, I think the Tampa-New Orleans is the highest. Yeah, it, it would make sense because it's in New Orleans, um, and, I mean, that's two pretty high-powered high, uh, offenses. Excuse Actually, me, so. Indianapolis-Oakland is the highest. Tampa-New Orleans is a half point back from that. Okay. And then another half point back from that is Atlanta-Carolina. So they're all within one point. It's all pretty okay. close. Um, Sorry, I didn't. No, no problem. That's that's good to get out there for the folks to know. Good. And of course, those lines can change throughout the week as well. True. But uh, Carolina, Atlanta, they're projected for 52 points. Atlanta's favored by two and a half. So it should be a close game. Yep. And we all know how much Cam Newton loves to throw to Greg Olson when 
when he's feeling it. And he was actually throwing fairly well on Monday night. Cam Newton, I think they were saying he was well above his season average for completions. Um, it looked like he was throwing the ball a little more. I'm not, I don't really necessarily have that stat in front of me, but it just felt like he was getting more opportunity to throw the ball and he was also making the most of that opportunity. Um, if he does that again this week, and obviously if Greg Olson is healthy and is in fact playing, then you know he would be obviously the target you would most want to own in that offense. Maybe you can make the argument for Benjamin or Ginn, but I think the most consistent guy in that offense uh, in terms of a receiver would be Greg Olson. Very true. No, you're exactly right, Cam. I mean, I think he had 300 yards for like the first time in six games or something like that. Like he's been not not high in the yardage total and he had two touchdowns no picks which was very nice to see there for Cam Newton uh get a little bit of revenge there against Washington so I like I like uh Olsen excuse me I mean the price is it, the price is the price and you got to pay up for guys like that so I'm going to go down a little bit we've definitely talked about both these guys both um Olsen and my guy Cam Brate we've talked about Cam Brate um Pretty much every second week, I want to say, he's up there. He's just He's been reliable for Tampa Bay. He is the number two receiver there. I think he had five catches for 70 or 80 yards last week and maybe a touchdown. So um, I expect similar numbers this week. Like you said, it's going to be a, you know, a high-scoring game. That's what they're projecting to in New Orleans. they got to keep up. Jameis has to hit you know, those intermediate throws. If i got to pick a tight end this week, I'm going to try to fit in Cambray into my lineup. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it will depend on kind of how the rest of your lineup is shaking out and what you can afford. I found when I was making some lineups today, I was sort of leaving my tight end position to last because I'm not, you know, I just picked Greg Olson as my favorite, but I'm not really high on anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not really excited. Like, this guy's jumping off the page is somebody I got to have in my lineup this week. So I was leaving in the tight end position to last, and then I was fitting in whoever kind of was around that you know, available cash that I had left. Okay. I like Brait. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph is another one that I kind of like. Okay. But again, none of these guys are really, really exciting me. So yeah, I, I'm, I guess that just kind of to the point that I was trying to make is, you know, tight end, I think is less about who you're excited about this week and more about who fits in with all the other players that you want. Exactly. Yeah. That shouldn't be, it should not be one of your top priorities. Um, unless you're getting a Gronk, and Gronk can provide that solid production, let's say, but that's not a—it's not a, a you know a constant, stable production position, is it? Like it's it's very variable, and from week to week, you don't know which of the lower guys are going to come through and and provide that value. So you shouldn't have to invest um, a significant chunk of your money unless you know it's going to be a, you know a big time guarantee. Yeah, I mean, Sims was the highest scoring tight end exactly on FanDuel right. last week. Who called that? I, I, I certainly didn't. I didn't know who he was. I'll be honest with you. Well, and Deion that's, Sims in Miami. I didn't know that. Well, that's because uh, Jordan Cameron was their number one tight end right. for most of the season. I don't know if Cameron's injured, but they haven't done anything. No. So, but yeah, also, he comes out of nowhere, and and he was. I want to say almost minimum price, and now his price has gone up a little bit this week. Yep. And if you're going to chase points, you might be disappointed. I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily know enough about him and his body of work to to really make a call on <laughs> on what Sims is going to do back in back to back weeks. But maybe yeah, chasing points a little bit. But I like whoever starts for Houston and uh, their tight end slot with either Fedorowicz coming back off a concussion 
or if they go back to Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin was, we talked about him last week, being a good play, and he had a great game, 8 eight uh, for 85, no touchdown, unfortunately, but um, the, the combo of Osweiler and Savage were hitting Ryan Griffin along with uh, DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. So I like Houston's tight ends, I mean, going against Cincy at home as well, so pretty decent matchup. So whoever does start will learn more you know, as the days progress, maybe tomorrow. Uh, they give a clear picture on Fedorowicz's injury, but uh, whoever does start for Houston, that could, is an, excuse me, that's another option for you at tight end. Uh, if, if it is Griffin, he's another. He's b- b- bottom of the barrel. He's forty five hundred this week, so he's minimum price again. Again, again. That's so very interesting. I, if Fedorowicz does not play, you're right. I'm all over Griffin at minimum price again. Yep. Yeah, no, sure. he. I mean, Gresham was up there as well last week. We talked about him, but he didn't quite perform up to par, so Griffin would be the play this week. Uh, Defense-wise, what are we looking at defense and special teams? I think there's a bunch of good defenses on the on the board. I've got four listed, yep. Yeah, and uh, there's some obvious ones that jump out, but I'm going to go with one that's a little less obvious, uh, and that would be Kansas City. Okay. I like the Chiefs. Um, they're playing the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos don't have a great offense. They can't really seem to get a whole lot going. They have their moments, but um, I guess that's just part of working with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, the Chiefs, they do have some very good players. Um, obviously, Justin Peters is one of the best uh, defensive backs in the league. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Justin Houston, maybe you're thinking of? Yes, I'm getting all the names mixed up. A lot of red. Um, they had, they've <laughs> but, also had a ton uh, of injuries, though, too, on that. That would be incredible if we could mix Marcus Justin Peters and Justin Houston together to make one incredibly powerful defensive back. And agile. Yeah. He, Great Like hands, the perfect the specimen, like the $6 million man, except he would make more than $6 oh, million. Man. Dollars. De- well, depends on what position he would play, right? A man of that caliber... My, my what gets paid more, pass rushers like maybe Houston or defensive backs like like Peters? I don't know. I think pass rushers. Like, I think look, pass rushers look at Von tend contract. to be paid a little more. I I, I think that if you want to be one of the highest paid, um, you know, passing coverage guys, you've got to be elite. Like you've got to be Josh Norman kind of level, right? You've got to be one of the Peterson. top ones. Yeah, exactly. You've got to yeah. be one of the top ones. Peters is up in there the league. though. Yeah, he is. Janoris Jenkins just signed a huge deal with the Giants. That's true. So but, these and guys then are there's getting... a bunch of there's a bunch of pass rushers. Like every team feels like they have at least one pass rusher yeah. that has that big contract and he's expected to get to the quarterback. Um so But yeah, not I don't everybody know. has a good uh, an all-star elite corner. They don't. Exactly. So maybe that, yeah, maybe they're more valuable as a as a corner with like, you know, Justin Houston's body like his own body. But with uh, Marcus Peters' stats, let's say. Maybe it's like a Madden trick or something like that. Build your own player. Yeah, there you go. I used to be uh, create a player. Create like a player. In the, in the old school. Get you a, could... you, then you got to play through the NCAA and get drafted. Is that a new mode? Have you played Madden lately? I haven't played Madden in years, to be really? honest. Okay. I just, I, in NHL, I know you that you go and you, you get... You play the dub, You play yeah. in the dub or the OHL or whatever, and then you get drafted. That yeah. was always so... I would always put myself on the Medicine Hat Tigers. I still do. The hometown team. I've got NHL 15 or 16. At, no, what's the new one? They have 17 out now. Yeah. So I've got 16 at home. And yeah, I, I got a... Who got drafted a, you? Um, In the NHL? Yeah. Oh, God. Probably... I think like New Jersey, I want to say. So my favorite maybe a Winnipeg. My favorite one was I got dra- we're getting so off topic right now. Okay, we'll finish right. this up. Uh I got drafted by the Washington Capitals after a great season in the dub. My okay. my uh overage season. 
yeah. my draft season. Were you a I first guess. rounder? I was a first rounder. I think I went fifth overall. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, really good. My parents are proud. Okay. Um, and Not I got drafted by the stuff. Capitals. So obviously the Capitals had a little worse season than than in real life. But look at your line mates. Well, what were but you here, playing with? Here's the thing. What position is I was playing. Uh, I was playing right wing, same as Ovechkin. I think Ovechkin is he, left. I want to. Okay, I was left wing. You then. were the same. Okay. okay. And so I got put on the second line behind Ovechkin. And my first game in the NHL, I had a goal and an assist. Nice. And the coach, he was just like, I see a star in this guy. And he put <laughs> me on the top line and bumped Ovechkin down to the second line. And, like, my stats were, like, I was, like, a 74 overall. Like, you know, you've got to build yeah. up your stats and you Very earn true. the points. And uh, But I was, like, a 74 overall, and I had a goal and assist. And then I think I went scoreless for the next four games or something like that. Okay. And uh, And then Ovechkin took his spot back for me. Did you get any power play time? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I was on the second unit. Okay. And Ovechkin was on the point for the power play, so me and right. Ovechkin got to play together on the power play. Wow, what a story. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it takes time to build up your stats, but that's a different story altogether. So there's your NHL talk. Uh, we weren't even playing some NHL talk. But, okay, you're going to, to uh, KC defense. Any other points on the KC defense? No, I just, I just really like the matchup. Who are they playing? Denver. Oh, so I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, playing the Broncos. Shows how much I listen. I apologize. Um, and we just seen what New England defense did to Denver uh, this past week. So I do like that a ton. Um, my pick, pretty obvious. I'm going to put him in all of my FanDuel lineups this week. Is San Diego against Cleveland. I like that a ton. They're a turnover machine, uh, which we've talked about in the past. They're up there among the league leaders in turnovers. Or sorry, I guess takeaways, not turnovers. The defense is taking away the from the offense. We know what you mean. Yeah, they're up there with like Tampa Bay and stuff. So they're getting at least one a game. I expect way more than one a game uh, in Cleveland. Cold conditions, obviously there, and I think it's going to be uh, you know a nightmare situation for Robert Griffin and Co. Uh, and they're they're two losses away from completing the overall loser of history. They're they would be the only team to lose. Every game, I'm talking every game, Dex. I'm talking preseason. At least when the Lions won 0-16, they won all of their preseason games. Did you know that? I did not know that, but that that's a, a real cock up. block if you're a Lions fan. You think you're going in the season strong and you're... They had a great team in preseason, <laughs> right? Preseason means all. So they would become the first team in North... Or I guess in, I don't know, all pro sports to lose every one of their games in a year. So that would be uh, quite an accomplishment. That's hilarious. And way. they've also used... Almost as many quarterbacks as games that they've lost. Almost as oh, many. That'd be a pretty high total. Yeah. But, but it, at the beginning of the year, it was like that. It was a quarterback a game. Okay, so, so what does Cleveland do next year? Like, they're just so bad they're talk, everywhere. They're, there's talk they don't even want to draft a quarterback at one. Well, because they got RG3 and he got injured. And he actually but he's looked not... half decent last week. Like, And I don't know how you can even grade somebody on... like. You, you've surrounded him with shit, so he looks like he's covered in shit. Like, that's that just makes sense, the way that... I don't know how you can properly assess him when he doesn't really have... Like, his best receiver is Terrell Pryor, who is a converted quarterback. The guy did not even play receiver until they decided that he wasn't good enough to cut as a quarterback in the NFL. It's like a real-life version of The Replacements. The movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves at quarterback. Do you remember watching that? I, vaguely. Yeah. It's, it's actually quite on TV quite a bunch. Definitely check it out. But it's like a real-life version of this where it's just like these bunch of 
Like, I think in the movie it was like a bunch of AFL guys coming over to make a team or something. But it's like, you're right. It's all these mixture of guys. You got a rookie uh, who broke his hand in Corey Coleman. Gary Barnage, um, after his great year, was, has gone so quiet, quiet as a mouse. Um, but that's more standard Gary Barnage. Like Gary Barnage was in the league for years and years and years, didn't really do anything. And then last year just came out of nowhere. And this year he's kind of gone back to the Gary Barnage everybody didn't necessarily know and love because nobody knew about Gary Barnage until last year. But that's the Gary Barnage that, you know, has existed in the NFL for his entire career. But he made Josh McCallum look good last year with his crazy year. Yeah, so I, I don't even... what Like, I, I still don't know what Cleveland does then. Yeah, I, I guess you don't draft a quarterback. I mean, they don't have a good history with it either. No, they don't. So I, I mean, do you start just, building through the O line much like the Cowboys have done? It's it's worked for the. I mean, they've made two rookie players build look like MVP up. candidates. Exactly, build those lines up and and you know work from the middle. I don't like. I don't know. You're right because these skill guys. If you're going to draft skill on the outside or whatever it may be, I don't. I don't know, and I don't think they can properly develop without building a core. They got to build a core, I think, and that's going to start with the the O line and the D line. So maybe there's a guy out there. Uh, in any of these college game, these bowl games, that kind of stands out and uh, jumps to the top of their charts. But okay, what do you think about some of these college players sitting out because they don't want to get injured in a bowl game before the combine? I, with this talent, I I don't mind it honestly. Yeah, like I was watching TV and a bunch of guys were like, "Oh, well, they only care about themselves," and I'm like, "Of course they fucking do." Like they're basically very young men yeah. who are... Still developing, who, probably. Oh, yeah. And they've, and they've basically completed, you know, the portion of their career to this point that determines, the, you know, how much they're going to get paid for the next few years. Yeah. Um, so these guys have played very hard. They've played very well for their respective teams, and they've gotten to the final game, which for these guys essentially means nothing. I mean, it's not, it's not it's like not they a, play for Alabama or anything. This is not the final four. This is right. not important to these it, teams. It's some bullshit sponsored bowl game that wouldn't have existed if a sponsor didn't come out of the blue and want to pay for it. True. So they're they're protecting themselves because they have an entire career ahead of them that they've worked towards. I mean, they've had their entire college university career where they've been working towards this point of getting drafted. They've cemented themselves as high draft picks, and now they want to ensure that this last game, they don't get some, you know, defensive lineman who's not going to get drafted. He's Chop basically, the knees. yeah, exactly. Like take you out and and ruin your your draft position or potentially your NFL career. Like they're like, oh, they're only thinking of themselves. Well, of course they are because. That's what they have to do at this point. Like, they've done everything to set themselves up for the future. And if they have to sit out one meaningless game, so be it, right? For, yeah, for this caliber of talent, both you're, we're talking uh, McCaffrey out of Stanford and Leonard Fournette out of LSU. There's another back I think I read today that's sitting out his game as well. So there's three uh, that are, are definitely known. Uh, the, the, the talent, the caliber of these guys, how much is one bowl game going to affect their draft position. You're right. They've got their entire career, their collegiate career, to look back on, these scouts do, uh, to see what kind of a player they're going to be drafting. They don't need this one game. It's not like, you know, it's not a fourth rounder that's going to have a huge game and maybe bump up to a second rounder. It's not that type of talent. 
um, that we're dealing with. These are, you know, these are legit guys that have proven over a longer period of time that they're consistent. They can do what they that what you need to do in an NFL offense. And I agree. I think if you know you you protect you, you do you. And if you feel like this is your, you know, your set in stone, and and you you know you've proven all the doubters that what you can do as a as an offensive player then albeit it sucks for the betters and it sucks for you know maybe the fans that are wanting to see the final game of McCaffrey's career there uh wherever the I don't even think it's in Stanford they always have it all over the country yeah. but um it's completely different the talent that we're dealing with these are you know all you know these are all collegiate guys they're all pro guys uh, we're not dealing with with four stringers that one game c- could significantly increase their draft position. So I, I completely agree. I think you got to set out. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're in agreement on that. Good call. Um, yeah. Anyways, I like the San Diego defense <laughs> in a roundabout way. Uh, Cleveland sucks. I think they're going to take a lot of turnovers. I like the New England defense. We talked about them yeah, against. I like them as well. Denver uh, last week they did really well. Buffalo is also highly priced against Miami. Who would you play? For a GPP play, like let's assume that the Chargers are going to be the cash game. The cash. They're going to be very highly owned. Let's assume that you know the Patriots will also be fairly highly owned. Who and maybe the Broncos as well. They're always highly owned every week. Who would you be looking at if we took out those three? And you're looking for a GPP play that's going to be a little sneaky. What do you think about Green Bay? Against, that was the one that I was going to say against Minnesota. Yeah, I mean Minnesota I, offense is anemic, and that's bad. being nice. Yeah. I think they're more of a cash game, though, in that sense. In the, the Packers? Yeah. I don't think they'll be very highly owned. I don't owned. think they'll be highly owned? No. But at their price, they're very nice. They are. I like and, their price And a I lot. like the matchup. Um, it looks like it could be a low-scoring game. Uh, just because Minnesota can't put up points against Indianapolis. And Indianapolis has had one of the worst defenses this season of any team in the NFL. That was and a Minnesota big, could not put up points against them. Big surprise last week. You're right. Completely. So, Sorry, Kai Forbath got a couple field goals. Yeah, but he, he for what his low price did he get you anything? Uh, he I think he ended up ha- he ended up having eight points. Do you have eight? Okay, so I mean al- almost double value. Not it's not terrible for a kicker for, for a minimum price. Kicker. I mean, I had I had Vinatieri, which I was very happy with uh, kicking he in the dome. It. He killed it. But I mean, you're right there about the kickers. You got to uh, in these conditions, you got to go with the dome guys. They're definitely going to uh, be more um, steady, more you know, more uh, consistent. Excuse me. So. That's just another little kicker. I like uh, Lutz. Me too. As a kicker. I'm glad we're both on the same page Man, there. we're killing it with defenses and kickers. So um, I think that'll about do it for our NFL talk. I don't have any other points to mention here for Week 16. I'm looking forward to a bunch of games, especially on a Saturday slate. Yeah, um, I guess let's loop back around because we're obviously not going to be doing another show before the weekend. We usually do a little more in-depth show. Correct. Yes. Um, I suppose we could try and post something on keythegame.com, an article to Maybe, make up yep. for our lack of podcast. Keep up with it. Yep. But, um, a couple of names that we didn't mention, maybe we can just discuss. Sure. Um, Tyrod Taylor. Okay. Ty got against Minnesota or against Miami. Excuse me. Yes. He had a decent game last week. He, Basically hit his value um, if you're looking at like a two, two and a half times value. So obviously didn't light the world on fire, but he's got a, like a decent matchup ahead. Miami does give up points to quarterbacks fairly consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he could be a nice stack. We were talking about LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. Get both of them in there and you've basically got, you know, the Buffalo offense, really. Right. I mean, and that was with, I mean, you're saying Ty God had a pretty decent game and Sammy, Sammy Watkins only had one catch. 
last yep, week. Charles Clay had a touchdown. Charles Clay has been a really good tight end as yep. well. I, yep. lo- I love Clay. Um, I mean, Ty God's okay. You're right. As a lower option guy, um, he's probably one of the better ones at that price range. I don't know off by hand what his price is on FanDuel, but he's probably around that Kaepernick, um, maybe your, your Simeons, the guys on the bottom tier. And he's, he's got that name value, so uh, maybe as a GPP play. For oh sure. yeah, for sure he's a GPP play. Don't put him in your cash lineup. <laughs> but that now that you mentioned Charles Clay, yeah, that's an interesting matchup because he's now going up against his old team, the Miami Dolphins. Right. Maybe there's a little bit of a revenge storyline there. I hate bringing storylines into fantasy talk. Like I what, would try and keep it very numbers based. But what happened when when uh, Jimmy Graham went back to New Orleans? I don't think he had a dick. Nothing happened. He didn't really have a good game. No, nothing yeah. stood out. So I don't know. You're right. It might be there, but I don't. I don't think it's. Do you huge. think maybe because like Buffalo's not really gunning for the playoffs? Like I. They're not mathematically out of it, but I was reading what Buffalo needs to have happen to make the playoffs. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Like, But Miami's closer to the playoffs than Buffalo is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miami will be playing hard. But I'm saying on the Buffalo side of things, right. if you're Tyrod and let's say you're on the 25-yard line, it's third and long, do you look to your buddy Charles Clay and maybe just have a nice TD against his old team? Or, you know, does that even matter? I, they're not really playing for a whole lot right now. Yes, they want to win out, but they if they win out, they still need like X teams to lose both games, and they need these teams to win. And it, they probably don't have the, the uh, tiebreakers either. If it comes down to it, they probably don't have the tiebreakers to to beat any of the guys ahead of them. So you're right; they're probably playing more of the spoiler than they are trying to get it in the playoffs themselves. Right. So just so throw there's one more at Charles though. Clay. There's more. In- yeah, play Charles Clay. Why not? Yeah. I think I think he was uh, you know bottom of the barrel price last week. So I think his price has gone up. He's not a Ryan Griffin this week. I think he is higher priced because he's had two or three games in a row now. He had the Pittsburgh game where he had a touchdown because last week they played Cleveland, did they not? Yep. Okay, so I, I, I was thinking correctly. So yeah, he had a touchdown against uh, Pittsburgh, and he had a really decent game against Cleveland there as well. So he's had back-to-back games at least where he's been good. His value has gone up, so he's a little bit more priced than uh, than in previous weeks. So I like I like uh, Clay. I you know I like Clay more than I would uh, putting Ty God in my GPP lineup if I was going to go that route. You wouldn't stack him, maybe. I oh well, maybe I go I. That's a good question. Like if you I stacked might... those two, you're you got a pretty cheap tight end, a pretty cheap quarterback. You could then pay up. Let's say you also go McCoy. You've got a triple threat stack there. I Ty probably, God, McCoy, I probably would go Watkins over Clay in terms of a, of a GPP. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if you're really shooting for the moon on this one, and I mean that's what GPPs are for the most part, go for the touchdown. Go for the big game. You're going to have a bigger game with Watkins than you're going to have a bigger game with Clay, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. But yeah, you have a more steady floor with Clay than you do with Watkins. So there's the, uh, the catch-22, in my opinion. Good talk. Good Buffalo talk. Some Buffalo. I mean, talk you like the you. Bills, so I, I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, your season started out real good as a Bills fan, and then it just kind of. Uh, it you know, sta- no, it started out rough, and then it, it got oh, yeah. It started out good. No, remember the Bills lost two or three in a row to start the season, and then they went on like a four-game winning streak, okay. and people were saying Buffalo's turned it around, and then they definitely did not have it actually turned around. Right. Okay. So. Well, Actually, not. I read something funny that Buffalo has only beaten one team with a winning record, and that was their win against New England. And without Brady. Without Brady. And they've only 
lost to one team with a losing record. I forget who it was. So basically, Buffalo has beaten all the teams they should beat, the ones with losing records, mm-hmm. and they've lost all the teams they should lose to, the ones with winning records. So they're kind of just a super average team. They are. They're your typical 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine team, and I think, what are, are they on that path this year? Are they 5-5 yep. or the 6 wins? They're right around there. Yep. If looking at their standings. So, um, honestly, I didn't take a look at much of the GPP, GPP play guys. So, um, if you got any other guys, toss them my way because I really don't uh, don't have any other I'm kind of curious about what Ty Montgomery is going to do this week after last right. week. Um, obviously, he got a huge opportunity last week with Chris and Michael being sick and uh, James Starks being injured. Mm-hmm. I'm like I haven't really seen any updates on James Stark or Kristen Michael, but it's such a Mike McCarthy thing to do that he would somehow not give Ty Montgomery the amount of carries he deserves after last week. You have to. He's technically. But Mike number- McCarthy is just he's not he doesn't think logically. Right. He's honestly one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Well, think about the team that he's got and how they're not absolutely tearing the league apart and going undefeated like I mean they've been playing very well the last few weeks they're streaky the whole offense is streaky I know but it does revolve around Aaron such a good 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 team like we're talking Aaron Rodgers arguably the best quarterback in the league arguably one of the best to ever play in the NFL wow well I think not yet arguably not yet don't even start that convo yet I'm starting that conversation not today they've got Jordy Nelson (laughs) who is Probably one of the best big play receivers in the league right now. Been very good. Surprisingly good because of the injury he came off of. They've got some very capable wide receivers to compliment him. Yeah. Devontae Adams has been a real revelation this year. Yeah. The only thing that's really lacking there is their running back situation. That's yep. just because Eddie Lacy can't seem to lay off the hamburgers. Man, I don't, me and him both, though. I know. I have that same problem, but I'm not an NFL player, so who cares? True. Um, But... So he's got this elite offense. He's got a decent defense that just, for some reason, can't seem to... They, they get hot, then they're cold. They can't stay healthy, too. Sam Shields and their their corners have been injured. Exactly. Their safeties. Their run defense has been, you know, top 10 all year. I'll give them that. Their run defense has been really good. Uh, but you're right. It's the pass that is kind of letting them up and keeping teams in with big plays and stuff like that. So you're right. I mean, and when the offense isn't lighting the world on fire, that's when things get dicey with that with the Green Bay. You're right, they probably should be better. They should be better. They shouldn't even be in this position where they have to win out uh, or they're not making the playoff. They shouldn't be in this situation. No, they they should have it probably locked down right now. But the they Lions, should be with I mean, the Dallas division, and the Seattles. Their division is the Lions, which is are ahead of them. Um, the Vikings, who have definitely dropped off the earth. The Bears, who suck this year. Is that the only four? That's it. Yeah, that's their foursome. So you're right. You're fighting the Lions, and the Lions are much improved this year. You got to give but them. Still, credit. I don't think they should be in that situation with the talent that they have. And it brings me back to my point that Mike McCarthy is not a very good coach because is it, like I said, it's just such a Mike McCarthy thing for him to do to not give Ty Montgomery the lion's share of the carries this week. No, if, exactly. If James Stark, James Starks, and or Kristen Michael are back and ready to go. Well, even uh, even Michael got a touchdown this past week. So Yeah, he did break off that one at they, the end. That's they were true. running all over the Bears, so it just kind of shows. But um, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I, I would really like to play Montgomery this week because I like the matchup that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of, the Vikings looked exposed last week. Yeah. And so I, I like that matchup. I like 
the fact that Montgomery's this dual threat. He can pass, catch, he can run. Mm-hmm. I just, just don't know if I want to throw him in because I don't know how many carries he's going to get. I don't know what Mike McCarthy's going to do. I'm just looking at their recent schedule. Um, I just want to see like what any bad losses um, on the year, like that we, I mean, anything that you know is out of ordinary for them. Um, so they beat the Jaguars week one. They beat the no, they lost to the Vikings in week two. At the time, that's the, when the Vikings were the hot. Vikings and everybody were was good. saying they're going to the Super Bowl. Was that not the um, the career game for Stephon Diggs and and Bradford in the second game or something like that? Yeah, I think, I think so. Think so. Um, they beat the Lions, which is a good win. Yeah. Looking back on it now, they beat the Giants, which is a good win. They lost to the Cowboys, which is understandable. Cowboys are great this year. Um, they've lost to the Falcons at home. Or sorry, it was in Atlanta. So that's a game that they could have won. Sorry, no. Yes, it was in Atlanta. My apologies. They could have won. That was a close one too. Was it that? Oh, what? It was thirty-three, thirty-two. But that was some something crazy happened in that game. Uh, maybe a field goal late. They lost to the Colts at home. They should have won that one. Probably should have won that one. They lost to the Titans in Tennessee. They should have won that big one. Big time. They lost big. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Um, and they lost to Redskins big in in Washington. And they probably should have won that one. So there you go. You're looking at a whole different team. Otherwise, they've won the past four, four straight now, going for five this weekend. But, yeah, you're looking at maybe a, a two-loss team. They should be maybe a two-loss team. Yep. So you're right. Uh, something's got to change. Something's got to change because... like You can't have that level of talent and be fighting for the playoffs. If you have that level of talent, you should be with the Cowboys. You should be with the Seahawks already clinched up, not really worrying about if you're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You should have it clinched by now. And I mean, I don't know. Like, There's so much talk about Rodgers being a bad teammate and Rodgers and this and this. Like, His talent is great, but maybe there's something within that locker room that is driving these offensive players that he plays with just mad. Like I don't know what the, the chemistry is in there, and you know, unfortunately, chemistry you gotta you gotta play well together. And some of these guys aren't. And there's been many stories about Rodgers in the media this past year. I don't know. Yeah, but then you've also got Devonte Adams who drops two touchdown passes. Like this past he, week, he straight yeah. up just dropped them. Like, so you're gonna say Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate because he put it right on your hands? For a touchdown? Oh like, no, no! You're come on, completely right. I just, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something weird in that offense, and it isn't just the running game. So. I think it might largely be the play calling, and okay. and you know what? I'm willing to take all of that back next week if Ty Montgomery gets a ton of carries this weekend and they win and they have a great week and Ty Montgomery looks awesome. I'm willing to take back what I just said about Mike McCarthy. Yeah, but I just feel like it, it is such a Mike McCarthy thing to do to then go back to James Starks next week. As the lead back, yeah. Assuming he's healthy, right? True. Um, If he's not healthy, then you can't really play him. Um, And who knows? Christian Michael looked good on that last run, but he was feeling sick, so he didn't get a ton of carries. But, I mean, Ty Montgomery has earned every single right to have, you know, at least 60% of the carries, I would say, this upcoming weekend. At least. I mean, Starks is is like his loving. That's his guy. Um, ever since McCarthy's been there, I think they drafted him a few years ago. Like Starks, Starks and Lacey were the, the the main two, and Starks is the one that's remaining. So I don't know if he's got like a you know an affiliation, like he he owes him something maybe. But he's given Stark. I mean, he's a decent middle of the road back. I think there's higher upside there with Montgomery. We've seen it last week. We've seen it with Michael. I think there's more upside with Michael. Um, in, in all honesty, so you're right. I think Montgomery. At least should get 60%. That's a good number, at least. 
uh, and see if he can can duplicate what he did last week. So great, great choices there. I like that a lot. Anywho, you want to quickly talk a little bit of hockey? There's some goalie injuries this week. Very true, yeah. So uh, Jimmy Howard has gone down again with an injury. We don't know how long. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like the rumor mill is saying it could be a little while. Out for a while was the Twitter report today. They don't know specifics. they got to get an MRI in the next coming days. But Ken Holland does say that uh, Jimmy's going to be out for a while. So, so grab your Mrazics. I mean, they're not a great team, but anytime you can have a starting goalie in fantasy. You need a starting goalie, yeah. Um, you don't want to be you know, trying to pick your starts. No. With a backup or, or a, a guy in a timeshare. I mean, Mrazek's going to be the guy now. Very true. So you might as well pick him up if he's available in your league. And the other guy that got injured, this is a big one, is Ben Bishop. Very true. But he's been very disappointing this year. So He has been disappointing. And Vasilevsky people, is the guy of the future in, the, in Tampa Bay anyway. It might be a little blessing in disguise for them. Yeah. Albeit. Um, if you are smart, you your league probably... Um, Vasilevsky was probably already picked up, let's be honest, because yeah. they were at, at best splitting starts, uh, and Vasilevsky was outperforming Bishop in those starts. So he's been the better goalie so far this year for the Lightning. And, I mean, they're in a terrible stretch. They've lost Stamkos. Um, they've, they've lost Callahan, I think, is out. He's one of the main, main dudes. And now Bishop. There's some huge injuries uh, on the Lightning that, uh, are, you know, they're just crushing for a team. So hopefully they can uh, make it back. Vasilevsky can stand up and, and make some saves uh, when they really need it. And Kuch, Kucherov needs to kind of pick it up as well. Uh, Tyler Johnson, step up. Uh, Jonathan Drouin is another young guy to step up there for the Lightning. So it will be interesting, interesting to see after the Christmas break here how the Lightning turn it around without some of their big boys. Um, Crawford, Corey Crawford, is um, he's been practicing with the Blackhawks. So he might be coming back as of Friday is the tentative scheduled start for Crawford. So check your lineups and, and try to get him back off of your IR. That's including myself. Um, you know, Steve Mason. I don't think there's any word about Michael Neuverth. He's He's been the man there in Philadelphia. And I think Steve Mason is not really in danger of losing his job even when, when Neuverth back. gets back because the way that they've been playing. I mean, obviously, if Mason, let's say he loses the last four games in a row before Neuverth gets back, then maybe the conversation a changed a little bit. But I think if they're still rolling the way they are now, you know, maybe a couple losses sprinkled in, but that's to be expected by any team. You can't win them all in the NHL anyway. Um, you know, I think Mason has pretty much earned that starting job with the way he's played. Very true. I mean, there's been some rough games recently um, where they, they've they been on the wrong side of the score, but it wasn't due to him, actually. He's been really good in terms of, get, I think, a couple one-goal games uh, or two-one games. So it's been, you know, very tight there. They just haven't got the offense that he's had in, in weeks past. So uh, I've got Mason personally in one of my leagues. I'm I'm really happy with him. He's he's outproduced everything that I've imagined out of a backup goalie. So I'm looking forward to uh, continuing that ride as well. Um, exactly. Uh, there's tons of goalies out there. I mean, you're rocking Chad Johnson currently in your league yep. who had a rough outing last night. But, I mean, it was against San, San Jose, so it's to be expected. Against San Jose, on the road, on a back-to-back. It was, I kind of expected it to go the way it did. Yeah, so it's tough. But, I mean, um, you're still surviving, so that's good. Yep. Season-long-wise, I, I haven't played a hockey fan duel lineup, I'd say, since last Thursday, I want to say. So it's been a little while. Um, <laughs> my cash flow seems to keep going down and down from football. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that this football season's almost done. 
I'm waiting for football to be done before I really jump both feet into hockey. Yeah. I, I hate putting up money when I don't do enough research. And I've been doing well in football this last week, notwithstanding. Uh, didn't have a great weekend. Got let down by Adam Thielen, who so did I, put though. up a zero. For and T.Y. Zero. Hilton, somehow Indianapolis scored so many points and T.Y. Hilton got none of them. The swoop. He got swooped. Yeah. So by the tight end. I don't, I don't know. Those those two guys kind of let me down and, and uh, didn't perform as expected. So it was it was a rough weekend, but I've had you know before that I'd had three good weekends. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the end of the NFL season, see what my bankroll looks like, and then probably start playing more hockey and basketball. Yeah, and basketball too. I mean, there's some some good storylines there in the NBA. Obviously, uh, like I said, there's gonna be some great Christmas game Christmas Day games. So if you're playing some FanDuel, uh, it's a limited slate, so that's one thing. You're only picking from five games, which I kind of like. I think we mentioned that when the season kicked off was there was only a two or three game slate and it just it it made you like you had to kind of pay for those top guys uh which you'll have to do again this uh, this upcoming Sunday with your your Durants, your Currys, your LeBrons, uh your Russells, your I don't even know, I don't think the Rockets are playing on a Sunday game, but Harden would be in there as well. So uh, different guys to afford upcoming slate here on Sunday. So looking forward to that, looking forward to some turkey. Are you a ham guy or a turkey guy for Christmas? I'm a turkey guy. I'm a turkey guy, but, yeah. But, you know, I come up from a rancher family, so we often have beef on, on holidays like oh. Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. So Even on Christmas, yeah? Yeah, but I think we're doing a turkey this year. That's okay, too. So, yeah, there'll be, there'll be so much food. I know we have our work food thing here tomorrow. Um, we'll be packing on the pounds. Talking about Eddie Lacy, no more hamburgers. We'll get some some goodies and some turkey and all that. I've had my uh, my Christmas body gym routine going on this week. Yeah, twice a day. Well, that's real good. Get your get... cardio and your weightlifting in. I don't think it matters when you only do it for a week. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, who knows? Maybe I started my New Year's resolution early, and this will carry on throughout the New Year. Oh yeah, you got to beat the crowds there for Jan second. Jan, Jan 2nd, Jan 3rd, yeah. Jan 4th are going to be just nuts there at the gym. It, it, so. It's crazy until like mid-February. Is that the, the normal time period? Yeah, That's like when people either decide that they're in it to win it or this was a horrible idea and they're going to try again in 2018. <laughs> it's never too late, folks. Get on it while the iron's It's never hot. too late to start. It's never too early to start. But it's always too early to quit. It's like That's a, my motivational speech. You're never too late, too legit to quit. You, you are too legit to quit. Uh, never too early to wait. No, it's always too early to quit. Always. Too I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Good try though. I'm ready uh, for Christmas. It's like we're doing a good life fitness commercial, but that's okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, okay, we'll get out of here before we start getting loopy. I'm kind of hungry. Let's get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for downloading us, subscribing. Um. We hope that you enjoy your holiday season. Have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time with your loved ones, your friends, your family. Have a little bit of food. Enjoy yourself. And, of course, watch all these sports and maybe do some little bit of betting on us. If you go to keytothegame.com, you'll find our FanDuel links, five free entries into some beginner contests for both NFL, NBA, and NHL. So it's a great time to get in on that. There's so much going on um, on the wide world of FanDuel. Get your entries in keytothegame.com. Thanks so much for downloading Hope you have a great Christmas. We won't be joining you on Saturday. We're going to be taking a little bit of time off. Uh, maybe we'll do one before the new year. We'll talk about that. Um, and if not, we'll definitely see you in 2017. So I am Colby McKee. He is Dex Dunford. Dexy, take it away. Have yourself 
a very Merry Christmas. Best of luck in your fantasy leagues. And, you know, maybe if you're playing FanDuel this weekend, you create a friends league for your family and you guys play together and then get in a fight at the dinner table because somebody picked the wrong player. I don't know. It's all open. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles.